0: Welcome to Macros Made Easy, the podcast that takes the confusion out of tracking macros. I'm your host, Emily Field, a registered dietitian that specializes in a macros approach. In each episode, I help you learn how to eat in a way that supports your health, body composition, and athletic performance goals. We'll cover the basics of macronutrients, how to track for various goals, the role of macros in your health, and how to make sustainable changes to your habits. I've helped hundreds of people experience more food freedom and flexibility while navigating their nutrition. So whether you've tried macros and it just didn't stick, or you just heard the word macros yesterday, I can't wait to help you too. Today we have a special podcast episode where I'll be talking with my client, Brittany. We'll be talking about her journey through coaching and what she learned and what kind of lessons she's taken with her since she's graduated. So let me give you a little bit of background on Brittany. Brittany said she felt lost about how to eat to support her body goals because her activity had changed so much in the last several years. She loved to run, but she knew that strength training was also important. She'd been trying to track her macros and aim for about 1,800 calories a day because she wanted to be leaner, but something did not feel right because she was pretty much always hungry. And on the days that she was more active, when she ran more, she was prone to binge in the evening. That was leaving her feeling defeated and super down on herself. So Brittany selected me to guide her to find clarity in what and how much she should be eating in order to get stronger, leaner, and fitter. She did not want to continue down this path where she was stressing about her food, hungry on most days, and struggling with overeating and then restricting to make up for it. We first established her maintenance calories and macros so she could experience how good it felt to eat enough, and she would know what that looked like because she didn't have any idea up until this point. Like so many women, she knew how to eat for dieting, but had no clue about how to eat to support herself as is, like let alone to get stronger or fitter. We also retooled her exercise routine to include more of a heavier emphasis on strength training, but we also kept up her routine of running on the weekends because that was really important to her mental health, her fitness goals, and her social life we figured out what balance looked like for her and defined what it meant to be consistent with her habits because while her body goals are important, they'll never take precedence over her role as a partner or a working professional. And as a result, Brittany is confidently eating enough to be stronger, fitter, and leaner. Not only does she know how, but she's made it easy to do so because of the routine and environment she's established. She's lost over 20 pounds and over 16 inches while working with me, Most of the time, she was eating more than she was when we started working together. And not only is she able to maintain these results, she's not hungry and no longer worries about binging. She's established a very healthy relationship with food because she's tuned out the noise and diet misinformation and has gained clarity on what really works for her body. If you've ever wondered how many calories and macros it takes to reach your health, body composition, and athletic performance goals, you're probably gonna wanna download my DIY macros guide. Not only will we walk you through setting your protein, fat, and carbohydrate gram targets, but they will feel easy to hit because it's completely personalized. You'll answer nuanced questions about the type of activity that you do, your food preferences, the type of job that you have, and more. In addition to your personalized macro prescription, You'll learn how to set your calories in a deficit if you want to, and how much of that deficit you should be in. You'll learn things to consider when setting your carbohydrate and fat targets. So again, they feel easy to hit and natural. You'll get a list of protein, fat, and carbohydrate rich foods, along with a portion size guide to help you eyeball what certain macro amounts look like. You'll also receive an easy to understand rundown on metabolism, what it means, why you should care, how your macro targets relate to your metabolism, and some tips to improve it. We'll lastly throw in two sample meal plans so you can see how those macros look in a daily menu. To download the free guide, go to my website at emilyfieldrd.com slash guide All right, Brittany, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have a chat with you. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and how you came to me? I'm most curious about that in your own words.
1: Yeah. I don't remember how long ago it was that I found you, but it's been a while. It was before I followed you on Instagram. I believe I came across, I think it was before you just had macros made easy. And I was getting all of these social media alerts on macros and what it can do for your body composition. And so I was doing some Googling, and I think that's how I originally came across your site. And from there, just started absorbing your content. So yeah, I guess about me, millennial-aged female. (laughs) (laughs) Married, no kids, have a little fur baby. Actually, I haven't always been active, but for most of my adult life, active. like to spend a lot of time being outside, moving, finding new adventures.
0: Yeah. That's how I feel like I know a client is going to be a great person to work with is you know they have a journey, they have a story. So a lot of times I think clients will come to the table saying, well, I once was active and I should be able to get myself to be active again. I know I can do this. But I think one thing that stood out to me when you submitted your first health assessment and we started to work together is you said, My activity has changed quite a bit. I've done this. I haven't done that. I've changed this. I've changed that. And so you were kind of feeling like, at least in this point in your life, which is very, very common, millennial age person, that we have tried a bunch of different things on. And for some reason, what worked before is not working now or it's not appropriate anymore, right? Because our life is just different. Our situation is just different.
1: Yeah, where it's not fun anymore. Like you weren't, you thought maybe you were doing it for the right reasons and it was fun at the time. And that was kind of like my relationship with running. I found running in my early twenties and I loved it initially and weight was just dropping off. And so while I did find it enjoyable, it was also like the thing I went to when I wasn't feeling good about myself. And eventually it became transactional and kind of a punishment you know, how am I going to get lean if I'm not running 40 miles a week, which wasn't working anyway in more recent years. So
0: And not only do we not have the time for that anymore, it doesn't feel enjoyable. And whether or not you realized it, you created kind of a barrier with that exercise. It's no longer a celebration of what your body can do. It's punishment for what you've been eating or punishment for the body that you're in. And that's not going to make anyone excited to go work out. Well,
1: not at all. And Eventually, like my relationship with running had progressed to my husband and I moved from the Midwest out to the West and we got into a lot of trail running, which kind of like awakened this love of activity again. But then it quickly got back into like a more transactional thing where I even remember looking at a race photo and I was like, it had been around a mountain for 20 miles. And my first thought was like, oh, look at my thighs. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, what an amazing day what an amazing thing my body can do it was
0: right that's such a common experience i was actually just talking to a client who was reflecting on she set a goal to complete a marathon in under four hours which is a huge accomplishment and be a certain body weight she accomplished one she accomplished the marathon but she didn't accomplish the weight goal so therefore she negated the whole celebration around the marathon and that sounds similar to you it's like we're Hyperfixating on the thing that we you know see in the photo, not the uh, huge accomplishment, the athleticism and the training and the hard work and all that that you had. So was that a trigger for you to be like, ah, I can need some help in this area? Or what was that like for you?
1: I think my realization that I had fixated on how my body looked in a photo during that time came after when I started to work on body image and just remembering back to that moment and how I felt and thinking like that's a little warped. At the same time, you're like what you mentioned about your client and the marathon and then also hitting a certain weight. One of the things that you talked about in coaching that I really latched on to was you can't do all of the things all of the time. There's something very funny about how we set priorities. Like a priority means the most important thing. So by making it plural, not everything's important. It can't be that way. You can't have a priority of accomplishing a very difficult physical task and being at your lowest body weight.
0: That's so powerful that you learned that, you know, and actually makes me even rethink my own use of the word priorities. I feel like there should be a big old X on the S and just call it the priority right now in my nutrition and fitness is this. So, so powerful. So the audience knows that we worked together for eight months. Where in the journey do you think that that light bulb went off? Or was that like prior to us working together that you realized you need to focus on one or the other?
1: It was after we started working together. I did the HTMA, the hair mineral analysis, before we started. And that was a big wake-up call for me because actually like two weeks before that, I had started having some physical symptoms where I thought, oh, gosh, am I stressed? Maybe I'm stressed. And I went to ask my husband, like, hey, have you noticed that I've been stressed out lately? Before I could even get it out, I just started crying. And I was like, oh, boy, I'm stressed. And then I did the mineral, hair mineral analysis with you before we officially started. And Of course, that came back as I was very depleted in certain things that pointed to chronic stress. And that was all kind of a wake-up call of, like, you are doing too much. You are taking on too much. You are setting too many priorities. And so that was kind of, like, the first thought of it. But as we worked through the modules, I think it probably really started to hit a month or two months' in. Because Mm -hmm. then you're like really processing things. I believe stress management was towards the beginning of our coaching cycle. And that's when it all kind of started coming together for me. It was like you need to back off some things. You need to figure out what you're really trying to focus on.
0: You know, and when we start coaching... We do an initial health assessment where you know there's enough questions there where I get a pretty good read on a person's lifestyle and where they're putting their energy. And you were already aware that you're pretty stressed out. You got a lot on your plate, yet you still had a goal of losing fat and you were seeing a bit of change in your body composition, but maybe not so much change on the scale, but you were starting to feel hungry. And when I remember from that time, I reviewed some of your initial documents here before in preparation for this call, you had said specifically you were prone to binge in the evening if you were highly active that day. So I want to paint this picture of like you recognizing that you're stressed in your professional life or your life in general. And also you added a stressor of dieting because sometimes, and this is like my clients, it's very much in this sphere. They use food and exercise to control the chaos that might be in their life. And it's a very normal and typical way that we might do that. That's not healthy. We want to break that link. We want to figure out how to process stress in a different way and not use food to cope in a negative way. But can you describe how you were treating food while you were stressed, maybe before you got your initial custom macro calculation from me? How were you handling food? Were you actively trying to diet or were you hitting macros? Like, what were you doing at that time?
1: So I was following a dietitian who was kind of promoting like intermittent fasting and that was making sense to me. And that was kind of like, oh, this is going to be my easy fix. So I had kind of started a cycle around intermittent fasting, which for me, I didn't notice any of the clarity that increased energy. Like, it was not a good fit for me, but I still kind of pressed forward on having that stressor in my life too, just thinking that it would help me easily get to my goal. And then I kind of phased out of that into what was a very typical cycle for me, which was you wake up and you start the day of like, I would weigh myself and I wouldn't be super happy about it. So it was like, okay, I'm going to be really like, quote unquote, good today. And I would start out, you know, not eating enough because I didn't really know what was enough for me anyway. So I would restrict myself during the day. And I also wasn't eating very balanced either. And so I would get to the night I had done one or two workouts. I would eat dinner and then it's like, I'm still hungry. And you just kind of like gorge yourself because you have pretty, very much thought into how you're sustainably going to handle the
0: day. Such a common scenario, for sure. You are under eating as a punishment for the weight that you saw on the scale. It really just set the tone for the whole day and not sticking with you as you make your very first food decision. And then the body is smart, it's built for longevity and evolution. And those cravings are going to come at you, whether that's the evening or into the weekend or whatever it might be. So while you are likely in a little bit of a deficit, you are seeing a teeny bit of change before we started working together. I knew, and this is very common for anyone who works with me, we're not going to start our time together with your primary goal of losing fat. So obviously, Brittany has a lot of goals and that we kind of hit on at the top of our coaching cycle, but one of them was that she wanted to change her body composition. She wanted to be stronger and she wanted to be leaner. She wanted to be fitter, but it would be Really painful if you came to me and we dropped immediately into a deficit to chase that fat loss pool. And I want to like leave a big asterisk for people who might be listening and have had an experience with a coach where they walk in. There's no setting of maintenance. There's no trying to see how we do at a certain calorie amount that might not automatically be a deficit. So the very first thing that we did together was raise your calories from where you had been trying to average. I don't know that you had a lot of data there, but it was more. We set your calories higher than what you had been averaging before. And over the course of several weeks, you actually saw fat loss and weight loss. Was that surprising to you or did it make sense? You know, now that your eating, had a pattern had changed more protein, maybe your better balanced meals. I'm not exactly sure what was the mindset or, you know, what did you think about that experience when you started to eat more, quote unquote, and see fat loss and weight loss?
1: Yeah. So I knew that we were not going to go immediately into a deficit because I've been following you long enough to know (laughs) that that's just not how we're going to do it. So it was a surprise later. Like it made sense, you know, because previously I had been shooting for 17 or 1800 calories. But because I wasn't putting a lot of strategy or intention behind what I was doing, I would frequently way overeat at night and or on the weekends. So yes, I was shooting for like 17 or 18, but who knows what I was eating. It was probably like averaging well above that. Like you said, I didn't really have a lot of data going into it. But yeah, I think when we started to my official fat loss phase was four or five weeks. And I believe I lost, you know, five to seven pounds in that four to five weeks. And it was a happy surprise while it was happening. But yeah, it did when I stopped to think about it, it was like, well, that makes sense because I actually know what I'm putting in my body and I'm actually eating enough to I'm not shooting for this 1700 calories and doing a hit workout and running five miles.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Just to wrap up that point about you overeating might have been in the evening or might have been on the weekend. The net change, the difference there is likely no change. This is very common where you see where people, I'm I'm trying to lose weight. I'm eating so little. I'm actually eating 1,200 calories. But when you really look at it, it's being made up for in alcohol or your brunch or your dinner, or your late night eating, things like that. That doesn't get recorded or doesn't get recorded in your brain. And so the net change across the whole week or across the whole month is next to nothing, which can be extremely frustrating because in your mind your main priority is weight loss or fat loss. So you're entering into every food decision with that mindset, but it's not producing results because it's not what you're saying, like intentional, you're not building meals with any sort of balance, things like that. So yes, I'm happy that that happened for you. That was your quick win that got you kind of hooked and bought in, (laughs) I'm sure. But another thing that you said is that you're alluding to the fact that we changed the structure of your active time throughout the week. I think when we first started together, you knew the importance of strength training, but you had a love for running. And this is a really common, I wouldn't say complaint. That's not really the word I'm working for, but people are worried to give up the things that they love, like running, even though they know it's not really working for them. So I would love to hear from you around your experience with me challenging you to increase the time spent strength training but maybe put on the back burner of that cardio and knowing there might be another time where you can re-emphasize the running because you love it. I don't think I ever told you that you had to stop it forever. So can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: I even really recall you telling me to stop it, but just, okay. you know, think about it different. And honestly, I have to say it was kind of a relief because when I started, I was burnt out on running. I had been training for too long. I had been training for races for years without a break, which is like another thing entirely. And I think I wanted permission to stop, but during the past few years while also training for races, I had tried different strength training slash hit programs and like jumped into them at too much high intensity. And then I would end up pulling something or it wasn't enjoyable. And so I would just immediately back out of it. And so I kind of felt like, I don't know what I'm doing with strength training anymore. So I have to run, but I don't really want to run anymore because I know that I need a break, but I also don't want to gain weight. So it was kind of a relief to have the support and the guidance to know that I can step back from this because I have in my past loved strength training, but I had taken such a break, I didn't know how to get back to it. The strength training. Program that was provided in Eat to Lean. I did the at home dumbbell version. It was Mm -hmm. very easy to understand. It was very accessible. The time fit into my schedule in a very sustainable way. And so to be able to ease back into it while learning about progressive overload and taking the time to know how you're going to get changes from it, and then also incorporating just more walking. It was very enjoyable, but it also helped with my stress levels, like just increasing my movement throughout the day and going for walks around the neighborhood to get, you know, however many steps instead of, oh, I'm going to wake up early to fit in a run that I really don't want to do. So it was a nice change. And I think it's good to change up your priorities, change up your experiences throughout life anyway. I know there are probably some people out there that have to get their run or their like X activity in a certain, like, it's just who they identify as and they feel that they need it. But I've actually enjoyed kind of cycling these different physical activities.
0: That's great. And there's like something to be said about experimenting for experiment's sake. And you probably are knew that you could leave it after our time ended. So let's say you truly didn't enjoy it. I'm sure you had enough of a rapport with me that you could have told me that. and. Beyond that, I wasn't going to force you to do anything that you didn't want to do. So I love that attitude. I agree that there's just different chapters to your life and, you know, might as well try some different things on. And you are a different person now than you were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So what your experience of exercise or your even your experience of eating could be completely different because you're different. So one thing that I heard you say was walking strength training and maybe the occasional running, that balance actually helped your stress a lot more than forcing yourself to run in the morning. And I think that is a really powerful statement because we like to think that our exercise is our stress relief, that that's what people say. They say, I must go on the run because I'm stressed, or that's their only way of quote letting out their stress. And maybe that's true. Maybe like huffing and the puffing and the focus on their breath and the sweating and the heart rate, that is inherently a stress relief for them. But to your body, it might be a stressor, especially if you're not eating enough, not sleeping enough. And also you said you just didn't quite enjoy it. You feel like you're doing it because you have to. There's no way that that can be a stress relief. So yes, I mean, in coaching, we have a very big nod to non-exercise activity. And that is one of the main priorities I have for people in their active time. And part of that might be to burn calories throughout the day, but part of it is to simply go outside and be in nature because that's going to do more for you and your mental health than the actual exercise piece. So it sounds like that was your experience. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I have started
1: running more again. And I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, taking a break from it and kind of shifting priorities around a little bit over the last year, I enjoy it more now. Now it is. A relaxing, enjoyable experience again, but I also walk a lot more now. And it is a break in the middle of the work day or even on the weekend was to go and be outside and go for a walk. Right.
0: I'm sure your pup yep. loves it too. <laughs> yeah, you <know>, she does. <laughs> yeah. I know Kona does too. So, so, I mean, the audience knows a little bit about your story with coaching, but I'll just refresh your memory that you lost about a total of 20 pounds while we were working together. Most of that weight was lost during a focused and finite fat loss phase. So Brittany referred to this, you know, we don't start out in a fat loss phase. We want to see how the body does eating quote enough, because as you said, you have no experience with what enough is. There's not really much for education around that and experience with that usually. So we started your calories at a certain spot. Then we decided to intentionally lower them into a fat loss phase that was sustainable. So that means that that deficit wasn't Super large. It was pretty manageable, but I'll hear from you on that. And I can't remember how long that phase was. Can you remember? I believe it was about 16 weeks. 16 weeks. Okay, four months. Yeah. And then we gradually brought your calories back up to what your new maintenance would be. So that's kind of what we did. And at the end of our time together, at the end of our eight months, you know, Brittany had lost a total of 16 inches. So that isn't an, an amazing. Feet because she's strength training and eating enough protein and enough calories to lose weight. But we can almost guarantee that that weight was lost from fat because of your intentional eating, because you were eating enough protein and because you were strength training, which is amazing. You might not be able to say that, you know, people can lose that much weight, definitely, but we can't necessarily say it's from body fat if they're not really looking at protein and not strength training. A lot of times that can come from your hard earned muscle, or it might be water weight and a mix of muscle and a little bit of fat. So here in our coaching program, I obviously want you to be better off when you leave than when you started. And that means that your, I mean, your body composition is in a much healthier place by losing 20 pounds of fat or mostly fat during that time because you prioritize those other two habits. So I would love to know what your experience was really going through that fat loss phase and seeing the weight come off, you were in a deficit. I think the lowest your calories were, were 1730. So not super low at all. And that's obviously going to vary by person because of their height, their starting weight, their activity level, things like that. But Brittany, you had a pretty healthy metabolism and you were able to see that much change by not really going that low in a deficit. So. I'd love to hear about your experience in that fat loss phase, maybe even compared to other attempts that you've made, just so we can color in some details.
1: It was effortless. It does feel like I'm trying to like fight that word because I know that you use that when you talk about like, what it, would it look like to lose fat effortlessly? And it's like, come on, it's always going to be some work. And yes, it is some work, but I never felt, I shouldn't say never. I didn't as often as other attempts feel like this annoyance and this crankiness and this, you know, there certainly were days where I had too much chocolate or I, you know, didn't adhere to my carbs on this particular day. But for the most part, it was very sustainable. So yeah, it was it was slow. I think we did. We took it very slow. I think the first decrease in calories was 150 or 200 calories. I could be wrong on that. And I felt like there was enough Support and enough knowledge to be intentional with how I was eating throughout the day. And it was not perfect by any means. I still struggle with macro checkpoints, not necessarily the knowledge around it, just the actual like doing it. You know, I might save more carbs and fat for dinner and be a little bit skimpier on it during lunch, but just having the knowledge on how to build balanced meals, how to create more volume, it felt very easy and very sustainable. I was going to add that I did do macros made easy a year prior. So I it wasn't completely fresh information for me. So I did have that okay. background that absolutely helps with the fat loss phase and making it easier. And, I, and then I think the other thing too is, Having the information on how to build the meals around what you like. Because I had tried macro plans in the past. It just generates a you can actually do it on chat GPT now too.
0: (laughs) I know, I do that a lot.
1: (laughs) I do just out of curiosity. Like, what is it if I'm bored with what I'm eating and I can't think of new ideas, I'll be like, Build me a meal plan around these macros. And it's Mm -hmm. usually pretty boring, but those had always been so hard to follow because they're giving you like these random recipes that are the same every day and you don't really know if they might not even necessarily be foods that you like. So like having that information to attempt a deficit, but also enough information to like build meals that you're enjoying and making them more volume based was really helpful. So I actually enjoyed the period of time. I felt really comfortable around. When we first started the program and I was eating at maintenance, I actually felt like, wow, this is a lot of food. I was having trouble for the first little bit, like eating that much, which sounds weird because I was definitely eating more than that sometimes. But then, like even during the different phases, just because I was focusing on like having enough protein, having enough carbs, having enough fat, it did feel like a lot of food. Now that I've been at maintenance again for a while. It just feels normal. It doesn't feel like too much food
0: anymore. It's so interesting that our perspective changes so much. I get that feedback a lot. People, I can't eat this much. There's absolutely no way I can eat this much. And then after you've been in a deficit for a while, you're like, I would really love to go back to those maintenance macros again. But
1: it was also, you know, doing enough activity, but not like too much activity and also eating like still a, a relatively decent amount I was at the end of the fat loss phase, I was ready to get out of it. But towards the middle, you're seeing the progress and you're seeing this proof of I can lose fat and I can do it in a way that's not torturous. And I can do it in a way where I'm not like binging at night and on the weekend. And I'm also seeing like this great progress. And oh, wow, I'm I'm getting stronger. I'm lifting heavier weights. It's, It's all very satisfying. And so There was a point where I was like, let's just be in this fat loss phase forever, which is why I did coaching. I did a second cycle because I didn't necessarily trust myself yet that I would reverse out. I -hmm. could have easily seen myself staying there and then kind of going too far with it and boomeranging out Mm -hmm. because I wasn't reversing out of it because I was just... Mm -hmm trying to live in. And that's, that's kind of been my past with dieting. And I know that I'm a person who needs accountability. So it's something that I could have seen myself doing is just taking a little bit too far. So it was helpful to have the extra time to have the accountability to do the opposite and reverse out and not be scared like, oh, I'm going to eat an extra 100 calories for two weeks and that's going to make me gain 20 pounds.
0: No. That's not. It's not going to work that way. I would say that if I could change, I can change anything. It's my program. But uh, four months is a very good amount of time to at least dip your toes into a fat loss phase. And I think the people, I will say that Brittany is one of the reasons why she's successful and why, the, why you're successful is because you are a very good critical thinker and you come to the table having already ruminated on your actions for the week. So every single check-in, there was like, here's what I learned about myself. Here's where I'm still challenged. Great in that sense. But also it seems like you were able to look at your patterns from your previous diets and say to yourself, yeah, I think I would appreciate some support in reversing and into maintenance. And I would say that's probably most people. They know how to diet. And maybe they didn't do it this way before, but you knew that there was like maybe this it felt a little attractive to maybe continue to go uh, longer than you needed to in a fat loss phase. So I want to know a little bit about that reverse process. So you tease us a little bit with you know, adding calories back over the course of four to six weeks. A big fear for a lot of people is I'm just going to blown up. I'm going to gain all this weight back. I simply do not understand why I would ever want to eat more. So what helped you get past that and like really embrace that process coming back into maintenance?
1: I think it was just like proof through what had already happened. It was like, okay, so we've gone through these modules. Everything's very science-based. Everything's very like, this is why your body works this way. And it all makes sense, right? Like these are facts. This is how it is. And We followed them and it all worked. So I had no reason to believe that it wouldn't work. But three decades of social media and diet culture and being surrounded by all of the, you know, negative comments about food and body image that we hear like most days just from life. Like, you you know that you can reverse out and be fine because you've learned about it. But there's still this. It it was still a very, like, emotional and psychological thing for me like I absolutely knew that it would be fine but I just needed (laughs) I needed the crutch I'm okay with that I'm okay with that It, it, it helped build confidence because going through a second cycle to prove to myself that it would be fine coming out of it makes me feel more comfortable doing a fat loss phase on my own totally and It was great coming out of it because you're like, oh, great. I get an extra like little you don't do it immediately. You do like the little steps and it feels again, it feels like so much food, which is bizarre because I think the first week was like a 100, 150 extra calories, but it feels like so much food again. But yeah, it takes a while to get used to coming back out of it. But I noticed more energy and I went on vacation during the reverse and it felt like really freeing to able to have a little bit you know extra calories and then again I was excited to come out of it too because I was at that point ready to start adding back in more running and it was the beginning of summer which is just more active anyway so it felt very manageable and you know again I knew I had the support there for any crazy self-talk which you know that's another tool and another reason why I felt like I Could have probably done okay, but I wanted the extra support and coaching with coming out of the reverse. But just learning about thought stopping during the program too. And that's something that I still deal. I just saw you posting about it too. So it's like,
0: it's a tool that is helpful to have forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. What you're talking about with the reverse is so relatable. You think, I know this on paper. I've crossed the professional's And also there's this like little mean girl voice that's like, but it couldn't work for me. There's just no way that I could be this successful or I could execute that way and it could go that way. So that's the power of coaching is really the kinesthetic learning almost. It's like you learn it on paper, you hear it on a podcast, you read about it. Like, does not mean that we can do it like through our actions? So for anyone who might be on the fence about hiring a coach. That's what I'm saying. That's the power of checking in and having rapport and relationship and support through multimedia you know, means. That is the point to walk through a brand new phase, something you've never done before and to have somebody that will hold that space for you when you have doubts about it and you second guess and you're like, I'm freaking out about this stuff. What do I do? <laughs> and that's like really the point. That's why we're here
1: it really helped build confidence. Like there's so many pieces of the program that helped me with my confidence, but being able to go through the process and have support so that you really stick with it when you're having those hard moments of like, oh, but I gained a pound today or I, you know, ate too many Oreos last night or whatever. Having that support and like getting through it and coming out the other side, learning the stress management and the you know, about alcohol and metabolism and all of the things really builds your confidence in the end. That's true. And like at this point in a couple of weeks, I'm looking at a fat loss phase again on my own and I feel fine with it. I feel like I did this once with Emily. I have all the knowledge. I know that it's going to be fine if I'm not perfect. If I have a slip up here. I know that it's about consistency i know how to build the right habits and set myself up for success and the amazing thing about it is that i noticed the confidence stretch into other areas of my life too all of a sudden like it wasn't just confidence because i could lift heavier and i could lose fat and i knew how much to eat and i don't have to measure everything because i know what's correct for my body now it for me anyway
0: it gave me momentum into other areas of my life that's not why I'm in business. I'm not here to help make thinner women. That is not the mission. The mission truly at the root is that you don't have to be spending this energy and your precious time and all of your gifts, like all wrapped up in trying to be smaller and trying to do it on your own and the rat race. Like think about how much mental energy you were putting in to that cycle before we started working together. And now that is completely off your plate. You have the clarity and, like you said, the confidence to know how to eat to support a body that you love to live in and to do the activities that you love to do. Like all that other energy can go to things that are much more enjoyable. Oh, that's amazing! I'm really thrilled to hear that because you verbalized what I try to verbalize throughout all my like my social media and websites. That's awesome. I mean, it does sound like you're doing a lot of what we we're doing during coaching. It sounds like you're walking more, you're back to running, you're doing some strength training. I think from what you've said here that balanced meals is still a priority for you. Are you still tracking macros? You know, I had a crazy
1: September, October like trips, vacation, didn't always have cell service on my app, you know, just life. And again, I feel like I'm at a point where Even if I'm not tracking, I can at least say like, oh, well, you know, make sure to order something that, you know, has PFNC or make sure to have protein based snacks with you since that's more difficult for me to hit. So I feel like I had the tools. I wasn't, I was being mindful, but I wasn't tracking. And now I just in the last two weeks started tracking again because I do want to set up for a fat loss phase
0: again. So I am getting back into that habit of tracking daily. I always recommend before starting a fat loss phase to establish at least the habit of tracking, but establishing maintenance is also good too because we need to know from where to drop calories in order to have an easy sustainable, you know, painless fat loss phase. So that's great that you're doing that. Cuz you know, your your day does look a little bit different when you're trying to track all three macros and hit targets. You do have to bring that intention back and I would never recommend that you do that only when you're in a fat loss phase because it kind of rewires your brain or continues to wire your brain that tracking equals fat loss. The only reason why I would track macros is to lose weight or to lose fat. And that's not a narrative that we really want. We want to see it as a goal neutral experience and you can use it for whatever you want, including just to eat, to have energy and eat to support your Training and to feel like a normal human and to not have a lot of stress in your life. So that's great. Success with tracking macros starts with actually trusting that your macro targets are right for you. As the original macro experts, registered dietitians have years of professional experience to pull from when they provide protein, fat and carbohydrate goals. No more second guessing those macro numbers or being confused by online calculators. With me and my team, it's all about personalization, precision, and proven results. Here's how a custom macro calculation works. After purchasing the service, you'll fill out a detailed health assessment sharing juicy details about your personal health situation that could influence your nutritional needs. You'll have the opportunity to tell us about your health history, typical workout routine, food preferences, what's been working or not working to accomplish your goals. After submission, we will pour over what you've shared and draft your protein, fat, and carbohydrate targets, calorie goals, and bigger picture health recommendations that we think might make a difference for you. We'll also tell you exactly how we arrived at your macro target so you understand the why behind the numbers. Then, in about 7 to 10 business days, you'll get a lengthy email with all of this included that you can digest and refer to as much as you need. Look, your macro targets are supposed to be as unique as you, so why settle for an impersonal nutrition calculator? Purchase a custom macro calculation from me, Emily Field, and my dietitian team today and get personalized to you macro targets that you can trust, ones you can start seeing results with right away. Go to Emilyfieldrd.com slash CMC or click the link in the show notes of this episode. I'm curious if there's anything else that you know really has stuck with you from our coaching experience that you like think about on a daily basis or a weekly basis you know, outside of the things that you've shared already?
1: Not really. I think the biggest things for me are, and, you know, maybe lately it's been because I am setting up for another fat loss phase has just been thinking about phasing. And I'm setting up for a fat loss phase now because our holiday schedule is not like, you know, the traditional one. So it supports, like, I know that I'll be able to be successful in a fat loss during a holiday season. And it will allow me to get out of one before spring and summertime when I want to be more active. So just thinking about that. And then also the habits. Habits and goals were really big for me and keeping things process-based. And then also I started measuring, taking body measurements again, just because it's nice to have that second
0: data set aside from just body weight. Absolutely. So it sounds like macro phasing stuck with you. The... Taking multiple metrics, that's great. That stayed with you as well. That's a particularly helpful as we reach the end of the year and thinking about what I want for my three months, six months, nine months, what do I want my 2024 to look like? It's almost always better. If you don't know what what Brittany's referring to, it's almost always better to set a goal that talks about the action, not the outcome. When we say we want to lose weight, that's great. That's an outcome. That's not an action. That's not a behavior. You cannot control that you can want that as an outcome, but what are the actions that will lead you to lose weight? Those are the things that we set goals around. And it seems a lot more close to home and a lot more attainable if we set goals that way. So I'm I'm loving that you did that and are doing that. So, well, I feel like I've gotten a lot out of this conversation. I've learned a lot, really solidified what stuck with you. And that's been so helpful for me. And I know it's so helpful for our audience to listen to because they can see themselves in your story, where you were and where you are now. I'm just so proud of you, Brittany. Thank you for like incorporating um, the things that I've taught you into your life and just letting it wash over you and taking what you want, leaving what you want. It's just a huge compliment. I'm really I was so happy that I poured as much energy into you as I did because it feels very rewarding to see where you are right now.
1: It was one of the most important things that I've done for myself. And it's It's almost on the border of like life coaching in my brain because yes, I lost fat and that was, you know, one of my main goals, but I learned so much more about myself and how to live a happier life than to just, you know, lose fat when I am feeling a little like I want to be in control of something or, you know,
0: down on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brittany. Uh, I really touched me and I am so happy to have worked with you. And thank you so much for your time here on this podcast episode. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Macros Made Easy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot of the one you're listening to right now to share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at RD so that more people can find this podcast and learn how to use a macros approach in a stress-free way. If you love the podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. Remember, you can always find more free health and nutrition content on Instagram and on my website at emilyfieldrd.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.